Hello and welcome to A View from the Perch, a podcast covering important financial topics from the perspective of two certified financial planners. Each week we give a brief market update, discuss current economic conditions, and provide education on a financial subject. Now here are your hosts, Bill Parrott and Spencer Nguyen. New week, same question. How are the markets? We've had two bad weeks in a row, and uh, interest rates continue to climb. So we'll start from the bottom up this time. Uh, bonds are down uh, almost 4.8% on the week. Uh, long bonds, uh, interest rates continue to go higher. Long bonds on off. The, Dow, or the S&P 500 down 1.3. Small caps down 3.5 and international stocks down 1.9%. So that's two weeks in a row, maybe three weeks in a row, where we've had uh, negative all across the board. Is that normal for September and October, or is there some anomalies that are happening in the market that's really causing this downturn? It's it's all about interest rates right mm-hmm. now. Um, they continue to rise. The jobs report today came in way hot. Yes. It was... Uh, I think more than twice the expected uh, number. So it came in at three hundred and what? Thirty-six. Yeah, three hundred thirty-six thousand, uh, second highest to the year, and so that uh, is giving fuel to the fire. So now it brings back into the camp the Fed. Will they raise rates because uh, the labor market's so hot? Unemployment still low at three eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the concern today. Uh, but really, it's it's all about interest rates. So if we've had this extremely quick and fast rate hikes, um, and the job market seems to be doing well, we'll get into consumer spending as well. It seems to be doing fine, but inflation cooling. Why is that fanning the fire more rate hikes? Does the Fed just think that what they're doing is not enough, and so they need to claw it back, even if? Well, the data goal. the data keeps coming in better than expected, yeah. especially um, with hiring and the employee and wages. So they say they're data dependent. So each new data point we get mm. moves the needle up or down, raise, not raise. And and that's it, today it's raise. Yeah. Uh, Monday, who knows what? But today it's 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 raise. Uh, I don't think they will raise. I, I think they're done. The damage is clearly being done uh, in markets. Yeah. And everybody talks about the Fed raising rates a quarter of a point, um, but the market's been raising rates uh, a lot higher and more aggressively than the yeah. Fed. So the market's really doing the Fed's work right now. Hmm. That makes sense. It's what about we should talk about the strikes with uh, the healthcare and also with the auto industry. Is that causing any downturn or people just we haven't felt the effects of that yet? I don't think so. It's not definitely not in these numbers. Yeah. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, no, I, I think it's too soon for that that information and that data to cycle through because Kaiser. Yeah, uh, I think it's the largest strike ever uh, in terms of taking uh, over like seventy five thousand people. Yep. And they said that if they don't get their demands, they're just going to keep going. Auto workers uh, are still striking. Uh, the screen actors, not the screen actors, but the writers came back to work. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many writers there are, but uh, uh, I think the focus is uh, on the UAW and, and the, the, the Kaiser strike, certainly. 
Yeah, that makes that makes total sense. Yeah. And then we're still having the actors, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah. So we historically know September, October, not great. Do you foresee kind of a fourth quarter where, hey, we're going to get some relief? Maybe the Christmas season, the holiday season brings in some robust sales, which we've seen and, and kind of gives this market a little bit of a push to the end of the yeah. year or, or we're. Yeah. And, and October is usually a good month. So October to April. Okay are the the best season in the market so seasonally we're in that period where things should be going great now it doesn't mean october one the market starts to go higher yeah. um, a lot of people think that uh if they trade around the calendar trade seasonally that okay october one to uh may 1st the market's going to go up may 1st to september 1st the market's going to be flat uh, September's going to be down, and then we're going to start that process all over again. It doesn't really work that way, but mm-hmm. historically, October is good. Uh, again, as, as long as people are working and uh, wages are going higher, uh, they're going to spend money in the holidays. Yeah. And 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 the high end consumer um, is is the one that's doing all the spending and moving the needle. Now, uh, with higher gas prices, higher interest rates. Uh, that hurts the lower income earner more than it does the higher income earner. So those are punitive to them. But right now, um, with this data, I I would be surprised if we did not have a strong holiday season uh, for spending, and uh, which flows through to the the earnings of stocks, which drives them higher. Oh, that makes that makes total sense. And yeah. Fingers crossed that we get a, a good little rally for the end of the year. Because what, what's the data where if the market's up double digits by the time like August hits, it normally ends pretty high as well? Yeah, usually in strong. And uh, now the Dow is now negative for the year, mm-hmm. uh, but the S&P and the NASDAQ are still positive. But historically, uh, if the market starts off strong, then it, it finishes strong. Okay. Good to know. Well, thank you for that update. Now we'll transition to our empowering education, and it's the state of spending in America. And so I'll give us <laughs> I'll give us kind of a a rough outline, and then we'll kind of jump into it. So, America's Americans spent five point eight more this August than they did last August. Percent but, more, and then they kind of declined. But inflation, luckily, is at four instead of the the high number we had last year. And really, people are kind of saying it's a two-pronged reasoning. So the first is the housing market is still not struggling because there's still houses, but they're just not able to be bought because of mortgage rates and because of affordability. And so people are saying, hey, instead of saving for a house, I'll just kick that down the can and I'm going to spend some money. Yeah. The second one is, which is this is a little bit more, um, a little bit more kind of motivational driven. It's because people believe that COVID took away a lot of their experiences. Yeah. So they're worried that COVID might happen again. So while the world is open, while we can do these experiences, they want to get it done. And so they're willing to splurge. They're willing to take credit because they don't know if that experience is going to be around um, when they need to do it. So that's really the two pronged approach. Um, So it really comes down to travel and splurge spending is what everybody's saying. So my yes. question to you is, is that a problem? Um, there's always going to be isolated and concentrated spending somewhere. And it, it's never going to be universal, right? Evenly across the board. And uh, 
is it a problem? I I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are concerned about that. Uh, people say to keep an eye on airlines and cruise lines for indicators. But it, it's always been the high-end consumer has been spending. Any, it, it's been that way since the beginning of time. Obviously, if you have money, you you could buy more things and spend more. So I, I, don't, I don't know. And we'll get into the data. But looking at the historical data, I'm using historical a lot here in yeah. this podcast. But uh, the spending is not out of whack when you look at the consumer. When you look at the government, mm. it's kind of in line where we've been for the past 50, 60, 70 years. So um, I I don't know why people are freaking out so much. That's interesting. Yeah, let's dive into that because I don't think a lot of people assume that because we see inflated rates and we're like, we don't really compare it to government spending and all that. So let's jump into those numbers. Yeah. So um, what's interesting, though, it, is spending is up this year, but retirees are cutting back. Their spending is down 8% this year. So what do they know? that the worker bee doesn't. Uh, I think they're probably looking at um, higher rates or uh, maybe they traveled during COVID while we were working, I don't know, but retiree spending's down. But if you look at personal spending, uh, year to date, it's up about 4.4%. Uh, the historical average is 6.5% per year going back to 1959. Interesting. So, uh, yes, people are spending, but it's still below the average, the historical average of 6.5%. So, I'm not sure how to interpret that data. To me, it doesn't look like it's a problem because we're we're well below the historical average of 6.5%. Yeah, no, and I don't think anybody talks about that. So, that's a really good point. How does this spending affect what you would consider the potential for a soft landing? Is it negative or is it encouraging what what do you think uh you know it's interesting um again there's never been a soft landing in history so mm-hmm. will we get one this time I, who knows uh but I, they always start off slow and then quickly like it's a layoff here a layoff there and then pretty soon people stop spending money because their neighbor got laid off or they know somebody got laid off and then people slowly start to pull back the range. As interest rates go higher, people are going to say, well, I'm not going to pay X amount for a house or a car or a bedroom set or you name it. Um, then that starts to slow down. So if that picks up speed, then it will be a hard landing. It won't be a soft landing. And so soft landing, we're meaning mild to no recession with inflation getting down and GDP is good to go, hard landing, a pretty a significant recession that causes a lot of job loss and a lot of uh, wages. Okay. Um, so the question for that is, you you said it's kind of a slow moving process. Do you anticipate, because I know the COVID correction and the COVID recession, people got furloughed within a week and then everybody freaked out, stopped spending, but then the recession was over in two quarters. Yeah. Do you think that it's going to be quicker now with the informational age or, or do you really still think it's kind of a slow burning process when it comes to these recessions? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, COVID, um, we almost have to remove it from the equation because the world shut down and yeah. said, <laughs> don't come to work. But, you know, you look at uh, the Great Recession, 2007 to 2009, that was horrific. Uh, you look at the tech wreck, 2000 to 2003, that was a disaster. Um uh, 
So uh, we could be somewhere in between that and mm-hmm. nothing, uh, which is a wide margin, and we won't know. But again, it, it, it starts off slowly and then goes very quickly. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And I think that's where we are. But um, again, I, I, I think we're I think we probably had a recession. Mm-hmm. And I think when they when they go back and look at the data, they say, yeah, we we were in one. Uh, but we won't know until we're we're, we're clearly out of it. Uh, yeah. Again, the bigger concern right now is interest rates, uh, because as rates go higher, uh, individuals are going to start taking money out of stocks to get guaranteed returns. You know, right now those are at five percent. If people are going to start getting six, seven, eight percent guaranteed, you're going to see money coming out of the stock market. Yeah, and that's just correlation or calculation of risk-free rate and things of that nature. Now, that yep. makes sense. I have a kind of a little bit of diverging question here because it piqued my interest. So we we see that inflation has cooled. We see, however, wages are still strong. Jobs are still strong. The economy, GDP slowed a little bit, but not horribly. The Fed said about a year and a half ago, transitory inflation, this is transitory transitory inflation. They walked back on that. We do all these rate hikes and it seems like inflation has cooled despite not causing a recession, not causing wage losses. So was this inflational period transitory? And if so, has the Fed really done anything or is it just caused a lot of havoc? I, I'm just, I'm very <laughs> intrigued by that. I'm shocked that the government would cause havoc. Um, <laughs> So a lot of prominent economists, and I'm not one, uh, have said that this actually has been transitory. So uh, initially, people were ridiculed for saying it's transitory. They said, no way. Uh, But now some economists are looking at the data and say, yeah, it is transitory, and we're working our way out. Now, that that COVID bubble really distorted things. Um, Because if you look at public debt, um, it's up about 3%. So we're at $32 trillion right now, mm-hmm. which is a staggering number. Um, but the 57-year 50, average annual growth rate for increases in debt has been 8.3%. Wow. And it really started to go vertical in 2009, and then it took off in 2020. So what happened in 2009? That was on the hills of the recession. So the government spent money to get the economy going again. Interesting. And then 2020 was COVID, which everybody got free money and said, go spend. And so that added significantly to the debt. The the challenge has been um, they really haven't cut back their government spending Mm. from those uh, 2009 and 2020. Um, so that's been the issue, but really we're, we're running below trend on the debt rate, uh, the average annual rate for debt. Uh, now the offset to that is GDP, mm-hmm. right? So if, if you borrow money from me and you go buy something, uh, that's good for the economy. I, I, I'm carrying your debt, but you go buy a car, whatever, uh, that made money for somebody somewhere. Uh, but the, the GDP right now is 27 trillion. So the debt is higher than than GDP. Um, GDP is up about two and a half percent. It'll probably be higher the next report, but its its average over the past seventy six years has been six point three percent. So, it, in my opinion, if we take out COVID, 
then the debt level's a lot lower. Yeah. The growth rate's a lot lower, and it's in line with GDP, and no one really is talking about it. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what FC economists and, and people saying is, hey, all the things that we wanted to occur with inflation cooling has occurred. Yeah. And I just, I'm just very confused about the Fed's continuation to say we're going to be data dependent, we're going to, you know, mm-hmm. raise interest rates if we need to. Yeah. However, I, I think the real cause of inflation cooling is not the Fed's maneuvering, but really just supply chains getting back together and having the world have a little bit of time to start up after it's shut down. And so I wanted to get your thoughts on them. Yeah, I, you, you need time for things to cook and marinate. Like yeah. You can't raise rates month after month after month because it hasn't any time to work its way through the system. Exactly. You know, I wish they would have done every other month and said, raise what's going on, raise what's going on. But, you know, here we are. Um, so hopefully, I think they are done um, with raising rates, and then we'll see if they start to lower them next year. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to add on the, the state of spending in America or America has a, a spending problem? Yeah, let's look at three more components. Okay. Um, Everybody's talking about government spending and how it's out of hand. So, so year to date, it's up about a half a percent. Uh, the average going back 76 years has been 0.45. So, okay, we're yeah. kind of in line there. Uh, historically, spending, government spending is around 20% of GDP, 20.5%. Right now, uh, we're at 23.4% of GDP. So it's elevated, but I think that goes back to COVID. Uh, It peaked in 2010 at 25% of GDP. So we're actually down from the peak in terms of government spending as a percentage of GDP. And then you look at uh, wages. Uh, Again, the 76-year average uh, has been a little over 6%. Uh, This year, it's up uh, 5.3%. So in line. And then last, now credit card debt is is elevated. It's over a trillion dollars now, and defaults are starting to to climb. Uh, but that debt is up about four and a half percent. The ten year average is four and a half percent. Yeah. So all these data points to me are in line. Like there's nothing that, it, and this is government data. Mm-hmm. This is the, the, their own information uh, from the Federal Reserve. So to me, there's really nothing that is out of whack. Like nothing is like hugely distorted in this data that that I'm that I'm seeing. Um, again, I think if you take out COVID, the data looks a lot better. Obviously, because they didn't send checks to everybody, and so. If we smooth that out, I think things are probably right where they need to be. Yeah, I thought those are really good points. And that's something you probably won't hear from the mainstream media is, hey, let's look at historical averages and see, hey, it's not a big deal. But you just want to grab that number 5.8% more or 5.6% more than we had last year. And and that's kind of what gets people soaring. But those are some really solid data points that keep us grounded. And again, it's the Fed data. It's their information. It's not. It's not no. me <laughs> calculating no. it on the spreadsheet. It's uh, <laughs> the Federal Reserve's own data. The Fed, the government's data, and 
you know, wages, credit card debt, personal spending, government spending, it's it's kind of all right around the average. Yeah. Historical okay. average. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. I appreciate the expertise. Now let's transition into our intriguing issue. And, and what do you have for us? Man, I don't know if you saw the story yesterday, but I just think it's maybe the end of college football as we know it. Um, 85 scholarship players oh, yeah. at the University of Utah all received new pickup trucks. They sure did. Every yeah. single one of them. <laughs> and I have a friend, a buddy whose son plays on that team. So I texted yeah. him. I said, hey, did your son get a new truck? And he's like, yeah, he's loving it. So I just think that's insane that every player's getting – a pickup truck. I it just doesn't make any sense to me. It does come with stipulation, right? So they have to be on the team. They can't have their scholarship revoked or their lease ends. So it, it's kind of like golden handcuffs for the transfer portal. And I, I think that brings up a bigger issue: as how are these teams going to start entrapping these kids with gifts? You know, like the Alabamas. You say, "Hey, we'll give you a yeah. one hundred thousand dollars stipend, but if you leave us, it's gone, or we'll give you." cars and uh, houses and apartments so i mean that's that's crazy do you think uh let's take somebody that um gets a hundred grand from and they go to another school say auburn yeah do you think the school says hey you we want that hundred grand back do you think that's going to start happening where where schools start clawing back that money yeah, I mean, because normally it's it's the gift, right? And so it's NIL, so it's normally with a, a business. Um, so I'd be, I'd find it difficult for them to claw back the money. I think it's going to be more, hey, we're going to start giving you these NIL deals in, in segments yeah. and then trying to say, hey, if you leave us, that's gone. That prize, that truck. But that do you think they're going to say, this is yours. As long as you stay here, it's yours. But by the way, we've added a clause that if you leave us, you got to pay us back. Oof. Now that would be interesting because, yeah, I mean, losing money on a lease or something. So that that's, would... uh, that's entrapment. Like, uh, yeah. But that to me, just I saw that article and I said, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> They're all on the field driving these trucks. But um, yeah, I think that's, yeah, might be the end of college football. What I'm, what I envision is a couple of these college coaches that are pretty predominant. They're going to stop recruiting freshmen and sophomores and just use a transporter for juniors and seniors. So we're pretty much yeah. going to have two levels of college football where you go into a lower school, your freshman and sophomore year, you have to work really hard. And then they'll pay you a bunch of money to go to these top tier schools as a juniors yeah. and seniors when you're 20, 21 instead of an 18 year old kid. And yeah, so recruiting is going to change significantly as well. It's it's going to be crazy, I think. Yeah. What's what's the point of going after a high school student now uh, when you can get, like you said, a junior or senior? So you could have, uh, I don't know what the average age of a BYU student is, but it's much oh, higher than 25. other schools. But uh, <laughs> But you could have a situation where you have schools where their average age is, you know, picking number 21, 22, playing schools that are 18 or 19. And that's a significant difference. Oh, exactly. Uh, yeah. So you you could have it se- severely distorted in age, growth, talent. But yeah, I'm with you. What's, what's, why not just recruit the portal? Yeah. I mean, why take a risk on an 18 year old kid that you have no idea what's going on? No idea if they'll translate to the college game. 
Just take the and I think it makes him. recruiting easier. Saban calls up a player that's, uh, let's say, a junior at um, oh Baylor, yeah, and says, "Hey, you did real well last year. Uh, we'll pay a million dollars to come over to Alabama. What do you think?" Yeah, I'm there tomorrow. <laughs> and especially with Alabama's quarterback situation, I don't know how they don't have a quarterback in the transfer portal day. But um, there you go. Wild. What do you got? So I'm just. Public service announcement, student loans payments are this month, um, if they haven't already occurred. Some of them are on the 13th, some of them 20th. So just make sure you're being cognizant of that and making sure you're mm-hmm. staying uh, up on top of your payments. It's it's estimated that about 60% of all student loans will default just this month. And that's due to a lot of things. Wow. People 60, 60? 60%, yeah. Um, wow. It's due to a lot. So basically, if you, a lot of people are saying, you know what, I still think forgiveness is going to happen. I'm just going to kick the can. Don't really care about it. Mm. And then also what happened with three years of kind of this limbo that we had is loans were purchased by other people. And so you could have a loan that you got from one company that has then been purchased by another company has been purchased by another company. Yeah. And so it gets confusing. My recommendation, log into your FAFSA and then it has a kind of consolidated loan structure, find your loan, find the loan website, create a profile if you don't already have one, and then they make it very simple. But if you don't get on FAFSA, it's going to be a lot of hunting and pecking. FAFSA gives you a really good consolidated view. And so that's what a lot of people I've been talking to, they're like, I just don't know where my loans is or loans are. And then also if you can't pay them, the IDRs are there. So your income driven repayment Look into that. I wouldn't recommend it because it's reverse amortization, which we don't need to get into. But <laughs> if you can't, you know, if you can't make your payments, is better than defaulting. So we'll see. And the last thing I'll say about student loans is make sure you check if it's a private loan rather than kind of your federal loan or your, your subsidized loan is because the private loans have normally variable interest rates. Yeah. And so right now, with interest rates going from zero to five point two percent, I've seen people upwards of two to or twelve to thirteen to fourteen percent. And so, you're wow. going to want to maybe work with the professional to um, get that interest rate down. What they'll do yeah. is they'll renegotiate it with the loan company, and it's it's a good service. But yeah, that's the big thing. October student loans are here. Just make sure you're aware of them. Make sure you have a plan because yeah. They're not going away anytime soon. I mean, we Biden forgave the public servants, which is awesome, but I don't think it's going to happen to uh, to other people in a while. Yeah. Well, that'll certainly put a dent in uh, personal spending, you yep. know, because if you, <laughs> yeah, because if you don't have to make a payment, you can go use that money somewhere else. Exactly. Spending, savings, whatever. But now that you got to pay it, uh, it's a big deal. It'll be interesting to see what happens four or five, 10 years down the road when everybody thought they were safe by not paying and they go to buy something at home. Like, well, you have this thing out here that has been paid and they're like, oh, I thought we didn't have to pay that or I thought I was forgiven or that's going to be a battle. That's going to be bad, especially for parents that co-signed with their child and then they default that not only torpedoes this child's credit score, but also the parents. So yeah, it's a... It's a nasty thing, but it's just good to be aware of. Yeah. I'll throw a question out. When when should you co-sign for somebody else? Um, never. Yeah, I was about to say, I never co-sign. I don't think I want to. I'm not, I'm not a parent, though, so I don't know if I would love my child enough to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but perfect. Um, well, yeah. Bill, anything you want to leave our, our listeners with? Gosh, uh, 
got to buy bonds here. I think mm-hmm. you, you could lock in some great rates and uh, eventually the rates <clears throat> rates will come down. But in the meantime, you're getting good cash flow, which we haven't had in, in a good 10 years. So uh, buy bonds. Perfect. I love it. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure to visit our website at parrotwealth.com. That's parrot with two T's, where you can learn everything we have to offer here at Parrot Wealth Management. That's our view from the perch. See you next week.